You're visiting the mom next door and our stories of faith. I'm glad you dropped by for a visit. Please stay a while and hear what the Lord has done in the lives of moms just like you and me. Mary is a woman I wish were my neighbor in real life. I met her online in a writing group and she tells the most beautiful stories and adds sparkle to every conversation. I'm so excited to introduce you to her and have her share your, with you her story of motherhood in honor of Mother's Day. So Mary, tell us a little bit about yourself, your hobbies, your heart, whatever you want to share. Well, first of all, Pam, thank you for having me today. I just really appreciate uh, the opportunity to share and just connect with the outside world. I mean, because of COVID uh, and I'm single, it's just so wonderful to, to even see you and talk to you and realize that our conversation could even ripple out further. And I'm so excited about that. And just thank you for the opportunity and you know, may God be in every word. And you said, tell me a little bit about yourself, your hobbies, your, you know. Well, first of all, I live, and I always like to picture where people live. That just helps me sort of fill out who they are because you're only hearing my voice. Uh, I live in this wonderful artsy community where, and I had determined when I was going to buy a house that I would not buy a house that didn't have sidewalks because as a single person, I wanted people to walk by my house so I would not be isolated. And I put uh, a garden in the front and I have a garden in the back. And it's amazing uh, what a beautiful, and I really am an accidental gardener, uh, gardener. I plant something and pray God will make it grow because, but he does and I've learned a lot. And uh, so I would, any, I, okay, one little quick story. So even uh, in my little artsy neighborhood where I've prayed for believers to move in and they have, and it's just been a wonderful, exciting thing for me to connect with my neighbors. And I would love to be your neighbor. Wouldn't it be wonderful? We could just talk and, and just say, hey, what's going on today? And so about my house and my spot, one day I was going to get takeout. This is before COVID. And I was, I was putting something in the back seat. And this guy was walking on the sidewalk across the street. And he had like hunting stuff on. And he had like a you know, hunting dog from him. And I thought, first of all, my thought was, you don't look like anybody that would live here. And so I went, and then he said, your house makes me. And I went, what? What'd you say? He said, your house makes me happy. I walk by here all the time and your house makes me happy. And I thought, gosh, Lord, I think there's more than just what my house looks like. And so I want my life to reach out to others and radiate the joy of Jesus and his victories won in my life. And so that's just a big part. I'm a you know, I'm a God chaser, a persister. I don't give up. And I am a storyteller. And I came from, I taught forever and ever. And I have still connected to a lot of my students. And I think 
though I became a storyteller around my family table. We're just, it's just in the DNA. And we would gather around the table and tell stories of the day. And, you know, as we got to know Jesus even better, we would tell stories about faith. And my, and so that's where I was schooled. I just think it's a gift. I don't, I didn't go to school, storytelling school or anything. I just think it was a gift from God. And I will hope that what I have to share today will help mothers. And, you know, I have to remember, I have kind of an unusual Mother's Day story, but God is good. And this story is a little challenging, but I want to bring comfort and hope to those mothers that are the kind of mother I am. So I hope that sort of fills in a little bit about me. Yeah, I think that's enough, unless you can think of a PS that I need to add. So on with the show. I think that is wonderful. And I have the feeling my listeners are already falling in love with you because you do just have such a sweet voice of encouragement and wisdom. So (laughs) I think how we're going to start is you're going to jump in and read the story that you emailed to me because um, that's really where it all starts, right? The title of my story is Mother's Day Reprieve. I pick up the phone to call my amazing mother who deserves to be honored every day, not just Mother's Day, My sweet Mama Dale always showed her children that God and a good attitude could break the back of any bad day. Hi, Mama. Happy Mother's Day to the sweetest mom in the world. Thank you, sweetheart. And how's my Mary? Hearing her voice can make me smile, but not today. Fine, Mom. I'm fine. No way I'm fine. Mother's Day and I are not on friendly terms. I head to church to face the roses. Red roses are given to all the mothers in the church on Mother's Day. I believe I have children, and people assume that since they can't see or touch my children, I'm not a mother. Sometimes it's just too painful to tell my story one more time, especially on Mother's Day. I had two early miscarriages five years apart, I call those the lost years. In those days, I was pumped full of every infertility cocktail permutation doctors could concoct. My body was tested, poked, prodded, and yet would yield no sustainable life. Maybe this Mother's Day will be different. I pull into the church parking lot. Deep breath. I I can do this. Somehow my feet find the sanctuary. The warm wooden walls bring comfort, but no one is in the pews. I must be the first one here. Hmm, that that never happens. I scan the pulpit for the flowers. I don't see the roses. It, It can't be Mother's Day without the flowers. It's not Mother's Day. True to her name, my sweet Mama Dale hadn't told me I wished her Happy Mother's Day a week early. She knows her daughter Mary has no sense of time. God must have hiccuped when he was giving me the ability to tell time. On the very plus side of this situation, I have a second chance to exercise the horrible heartache that creeps up on me before the holiday 
I really want deleted. I soak in the silence of the sanctuary. Lord, please help. <laughs> you know, I'm all prayed out over this. I now have a week more for you to answer my prayer and give me even one reason to smile on Mother's Day. Just even one reason and not shake my fist at you like every other Mother's Day asking, why me? Why me, Lord? So what do I do with day one of the unexpected Mother's Day reprieve? Routine kicks in. I head to my little Kmart on the way home. In springtime, I delight in looking for flowers for my garden. I think I'd rather have a new plant than a new dress. Before I even get to the gardening section, that four-letter word, sale, reels me into the jewelry department. Trays of twinkling rings with rubies, topaz, emeralds, and diamonds are all auditioning for me, and they're all 50% off. God bless that patient, Clark. I must have tried on 27 rings. We both eventually agree on the one ring that is just right. A ring to remember Sam and Abby. Yes, I have named my two yet-to-be-held children. My younger brother and pastor would call the exquisite ring a memory hook. The golden ring has three jewels, two amethysts flanking a flickering emerald. When I hold the golden circle to the light, the emerald sparkles its secret. Hidden in the green stone is a rainbow symbolizing Sam and Abby's home, heaven. I will put this ring on my finger to remind me of the reunion I will have someday with Sam and Abby. Maybe this beautiful ring will help me to remember I am a mother, even if the world doesn't acknowledge my motherhood. Mother's Day, it'll be here in six days. Oh my, oh my goodness. Once a month, I, I attend a poetry group, River Market Poets. It's the place where my poetry self gets polished. After our meeting, we continue our wonderful poetic discussions over lunch at a downtown market where local cuisine and artisans share their talents. After goodbyes, I linger shopping for art and always jewelry, often made right before my eyes. While I'm admiring some lovely necklaces, the jeweler notices my new Sam and Abby ring. I, I love that ring, uh, wh where'd you get it? A familiar conversational fork in the road approaches. I'm about to decide whether to give the short version or the long version to one of the many variations of, do you have children? Short and personal. I have nieces and nephews. Continuing my mass painful answer and I've taught hundreds in the classroom, longer personal. I had two early miscarriages. I named my children Sam and Abby, and one day, I believe I will see them again. In a blink of time that changes my life, I decide to give the admiring jeweler the longer, personal one, as I hold the ring closer for her to see. I bought the ring last weekend to remind me of Sam and Abby, my two children I lost from early miscarriages. I find a weak smile especially since Mother's Day is coming up. I'm Mary. I love your jewelry. Thank you. I'm Jennifer.
Unanticipated tears began immediately streaming from her very blue eyes. I had made the right decision. Now it's time to hear her story, Jennifer's story. I briefly touch her shoulder, giving permission. I had three miscarriages before I had this angel. She pats her shy daughter nestling back into her mother's dress. Jennifer takes a deep breath. After her little brother was born, her voice trails off. I, I just had another miscarriage. She tries to wipe unstoppable tears. I don't know how to help this stranger whose pain mirrors my own. I lower my head to give her some privacy and again look at her beautiful creations as several quiet moments pass before I speak. These necklaces are so nice. You're, you're really talented. Jennifer blows her nose and begins to tell me about some of her favorite pieces. I think you'll really like this one. It's abalone. I, I do love seashells. I buy the abalone necklace, handmade by Jennifer, another memory hook. For this Mother's Day, I'll be wearing the necklace to remember Jennifer and the ring to remember Sam and Abby. Bring it on Mother's Day. We can do battle. Those red roses are not going to do me in this time. But when I heard at church, mothers with children, please stand. All my reinforcements crumble and I run out of the church crying. The assistant minister quickly follows after me. I'm pulling out of the parking lot before I even see him. I roll down the window as he approaches the car and scream out the now open window back at him. Brother Arzo, I feel as if I met some spiritual sonic driving and, and they've gotten my order mixed up. I hate Mother's Day. It reminds me of what I don't have on this earth and this can't be my life. He now rests his arm on the top of the car. I look up at him. I know you know what I mean. Even though you've adopted, I grab my heart. You know this pain. Yes, I do. But I love you, sister. And we can't keep that pain. You've got to let it go. You just got to. Let me pray for you. He does. But I still feel numb. Somehow my car ends up in my driveway. So another Mother's Day is almost over. The ring, the necklace, and the prayer didn't keep the dam from breaking. Well, looks like Mother's Day you won again, and I lost one more time. I will go back to the other 364 days of my life. I, too, have a wonderful life. Fulfilling work, good friends, health, family, faith. And quickly, it's time for poetry group once again at the River Market. But first, I want to check on Jennifer the Jeweler. As my eyes catch a glimpse of a gorgeous landscape painting, I hear loudly from across the room, Becky, there's Sam and Abby's mom. Did I just hear what I think I heard? Did someone call me a mother? I discovered Jennifer's told Becky, another jewelry maker, my story. And Jennifer now introduces me to Becky. Becky, this is Sam and Abby's mom. I hear the music of those words once again. 
Becky tells me she had an ectopic pregnancy, a fallopian tube pregnancy, which can actually be life-threatening. She shows me her six-inch scar, and I show her my much smaller scar from the laparoscopy during infertility treatments. I'm not the only one in this club. I now see Jennifer and Becky on a regular basis. They say they will never forget Sam and Abby's mom. Their remembrance celebrates my children's lives. I am a mother. And for the first time, the next Mother's Day, I'm able to hold my rose and not feel the thorns. Mary, that was beautiful. Thank you for sharing your story with us. And that is the basis for the conversation we're going to have. So when you emailed me that, I thought, Wow. Um, Mother's Day is coming up. And this was a wonderful story to share because how easily we get blinded by what's physically in front of our face. And we forget that children are eternal. If we hold them here on earth, or if we don't get a chance to, God's kingdom and our children are eternal souls. They'll last forever. And so you are just as much of a mother as I am. We just have a little different set of circumstances. And we were talking earlier kind of about how you got past this and how you grew. This was, remind me, 40 years ago about? Uh, probably about 30, you know, so it was a long time ago, but as you can tell it, it's still, uh, time does help, but I had to wrestle with God about that. So, you know, I'm, I kind of interrupted you though, Pam, you were saying, okay. So jump in because I have a, I have a short memory. So, (laughs) (laughs) so you just keep going. Okay. And as you can see, I can laugh now, you know, there was a time I bet about, you know, especially after the second miscarriage, after five years of all those infertility treatments. And, and I, 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 and, you know, not only did, was that difficult, but about a year later, my former spouse left the marriage. And so that there was just a lot to deal with. And then shortly after that, you know, my, and we're getting into another thing, but um, you know, God uses it all for good. Cause my, then my father was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. And probably, uh, you know, seven years later, my mother was. So I really, uh, I've become a stronger Christian woman uh, and a woman of faith. And, but I did wrestle with this for the longest time. And I felt like sorry for myself so much. And I was sharing with you earlier about how uh, you know, there's a couple, the Bible is, is there are some challenging words. If it was easy, everybody would do it, but the, it's not. And I think I have, up until these things happened to me, I had kind of a comfortable Christianity where I, you know, I would pray and, and then I could see the immediate effects of that. And it was just kind of, I rolled along happy and content and challenged and, and kind of went for my dreams and being a mother 
with children I could hold was one and being married to a Christian was my big dream in life. And I, so uh, I just went through a lot of grief over lost dreams. And, and I was, like I said, I shared earlier with you, this is a scripture that challenges me probably more than, you know, most things in the Bible, because why are we here on this earth? I really think it's to learn. Uh, pain is going to be a part of this world and everybody experiences pain. Not just me, everybody, the mom next door experiences pain and how we deal with that pain can affect our relationship with the Lord. So this is my scripture. It's James 1, 2 through 5. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. And another uh, translation says, welcome them as friends. And I thought to myself, you have got to be kidding. Welcome them as friends. I thought, who wants pain? But you know, pain is a part of this world. And I think the redeeming part of pain is that once we feel it, we can see it in others and we can comfort with what we have been comforted. And it goes on to say, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So let perseverance, persistence, finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So, uh, and if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generally to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. So, I mean, there was a long time when I did not, could not welcome that uh, situation as a friend. But through it, I have become stronger. And, you know, I kind of had become uh, healed some degree when my parents began uh, to be ill. So I was much stronger and able to help them because of the own, because of the pain that I had felt in loss. So that was, that was an overflow blessing from that. And part, I, I have really changed, become that stronger woman. And I mean, every day, and it's hard to, someone I think read that story, I go, that doesn't feel like me anymore. Thank you, Lord. And I wake up every single day and I say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And Lord, protect me this day. Give me strength. Give me hope. Give me joy and an opportunity to bless someone else in this world. And so that's really who I am now. I hope this has helped. And if you have any other questions of me, I'll be more than glad to walk down any trail with you you want. Well, I was just thinking as you spoke that um, you've gotten stronger in this. And it seems like so much of our uh, perception of strength in this world for women is independence. I am strong. I am independent and I can do everything on my own. But what you just told me is that though you may have been physically alone, you, you didn't have those physical children. And then at that other point down the road, you didn't have a physical husband next to you, but 
you were dependent upon God and your relationship with God and dependence on him is that very thing that made you stronger. It was not independence. It Mm -hmm. was a dependence and a reliance on God. So I think that was just, that's a little mind blowing. And that's a beautiful thing for us to embrace no matter where we are in our lives. Yes. And I think that brokenness, I mean, what stories do I really want to hear? Not the stories about I am woman make, you know, watch me roar. It's about women who are struggling, who are, and, and we all are, we just don't talk about it. And I hope that we can become even more vulnerable with each other, with those deep places that hurt, because God is able to heal you. We can welcome them as friends as we lean into the Lord and desperately lean into him. It's not like, okay, well, uh, you and I can be together from like two to three today. You know, no, all the time and really listening for the quiet voice of the Holy Spirit. I think that's another thing that's really been a key for me is listening. That's much more of a discipline in my life because I can be a talker, but I'm a much more of a listener now, especially when I'm in solitude, you know, COVID and all this craziness. But I really, that's really been a key for me too, is not being afraid of pain and listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit and trusting that God will see me through anything. Romans 8, 28 says that he works all things together for good. And so, you know, I'm like, uh, uh, that's me. I love gardening. I love Jesus. I love um, helping people and uh, just that's kind of it beauty and joy and laughter and the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Yeah. Those are the things, nothing, nothing too hard. It's just what we all need, you know, following Christ, being a God chaser. I love that you shared your story in that moment of vulnerability at the market. And um, like you were saying, like you were thinking through your mind, Okay, do I give this gal the short story that's just really sterile uh, and just tell her just this basic sterile thing? Or do I expose my heart and give her the long story? And because you did, yes. And because you told her that long story, you, the other thing you mentioned was you are not the only one in the club. And it is so easy to think you are the only one in the club. But at that moment of vulnerability, that was an opening for you to be part of your healing. And then also for not just one lady, but two ladies to be encouraged by your story. I love God's math. Yes. And you were a math teacher. So God's math is really extra special too, right? Absolutely. I'm an artsy math teacher, so I'm not the typical math teacher. I was a storyteller, not a math teacher, even way back then. I'd ask them to do their homework and then, okay, if we're really quiet, then I'll tell you a story. And uh, that's, that God uses all kinds of uh, circumstances to polish your gifts and personal ones and 
and you know in our life in our workplace in in uh, walmart in the church just every place god can move so you're we're talking about this decades after the fact yeah and one of the things your pastor told you at the side of the car was you've got to let it go. And I'm wondering if you've ever formulated any practical tips for women that are in this right now, like, is there any encouragement you could give them for how to, how do you let it go? It's not as simple as like, I don't know, opening up your cupboard and picking something out. And that is how we just go shopping for something. Letting it go is a process. Absolutely. And uh, I think there is a grief of the loss because it really is the death of a dream. And you, it, I think it kind of follows the stages of grief. You know, you deny it, you get angry about it, and then you begin to reconcile it. And I would recommend uh, a little time to yourself. But don't, don't let that be too long. Really reach out to and see if there are other people like you. I mean, these days we're online back when it happened to me, there really was no way to reach out and have community that way. But that really would help because, you know, that was a key thing for my healing. When I realized I wasn't the only one in this club, because uh, unfortunately, miscarriage is not really talked a lot about it in the church. And I, I, I think I only heard on Mother's Day one pastor that, that mentioned as the mothers of children this side of heaven were recognized, he said something like, and I want to recognize the mothers who will hold their children in heaven too. And so that was just so powerful that uh, anyway, so those are my tips is um I would say, feel your feelings. God knows you're feeling them anyway. Don't try to hold them back in any way. Feel your feelings in front of God. And uh, I think the heart cry is a wonderful prayer. I mean, it's in those times, I don't think you can formulate prayers really well. But you, what Brother Arzo said too, you've got to let go of that pain. And uh, it was a shadow over my life. I would probably took me about 10 years to really, um, you know, you'd get closer and closer to where it just didn't hurt you all the time. And I just knew I was going to have this second baby. And then when that didn't happen, that was just so devastating to me. But I'm okay now. And uh, you know, God has uh, built family for me. And uh, I feel like you're in my family, Pam, and uh, my neighbor slash sister, you know, across the state. But that's probably what I would say is feel your feelings. Don't deny it and try to share it with a caring uh, friend, Christian counselor somewhere who could walk through this with you. Uh, Don't try to do it alone. You know, it's just too hard and it can tear you up. And, but, because, but I know God has a wonderful future for you and you will see that child in heaven. Hang on to that. And remember that this life is short. Eternity is long. This life is short. Eternity is long. 
And one reason I think we're here is that to kind of develop empathy and and concern. And if we and and if we haven't we can't share our pains and how God has helped us through that, that's our testimony. And that's where we can see God has really moved when we can be vulnerable and share the things that have hurt and and see, you know, God understands the heart. David, you know, would scream at the Lord. We just, I think we can be too fancy pants about pain sometimes. Oh, you know, no, get to the gut of what's bothering you and get it out and exercise that pain. That's the line from the story. So uh, I, there was a time when I was in that deep pain that I thought I would never hear me, never get out of this to not hate Mother's Day every day, every time it came around. I don't anymore. I'm just grateful I had a wonderful mother and I know I'll see Sam and Abby in heaven. And now my sweet mama Dale's in heaven. So, so, but I will say too, I had friends, once you have caring friends, and I did then, but after you shared the story, I had a, a wonderful friend who would call me on Mother's Day and say, Happy Mother's Day, Mary, from Sam and Abby. They just wanted me to call you and let you know that you are their mother and wanted you to know how much they loved you and they're waiting for you in heaven. Just happy Mother's Day. Wanted you to know. So That's a really good practical thing, I guess, that we can do as moms. And Absolutely. Don't be afraid to recognize miscarriage in your friends think that's a great idea I would have never thought to uh, maybe I guess it would be easy for us to think it would be an offense or to dredge up bad feelings but for you it was such a blessing for your friends yes. to remember and to acknowledge Sam and Abby yes and I think for the most part most women who've had a miscarriage uh, they would appreciate that because people like the, another thing that was part of my healing was when Becky and Jennifer yelled at me across the room. Becky, there's Sam and Abby's mom. I went, no one's ever called me a mother before. And that just so, uh, I think that recognition really needs to be more obvious among friends, among family. And um, so, and, and one thing my sister did in, my mother's obituary, she listed Sam and Abby as my children there. So, you know, just recognizing this. And I think it probably could depend on the person. I mean, everybody feels things differently, but I felt such a deep hurt because I lost the children, lost the marriage. And so just recognizing that pain and speaking life to that uh, and as in recognizing the life that was, was really helpful to me. So. Well, would you take a minute and just pray for our listeners it, wherever they are in, in their life and in their walk of mothering? I would love to, um, I've prayed with you before, so I have to say, I just love it when you pray. I would be honored, Pam. Father God. I just lift before you this audience and this audience of moms and wherever they are in their walk of motherhood, 
Uh, I ask that you to bless them, encourage them. All pain doesn't come from loss. It can come from uh, hurtful things said or a, a missed opportunity where you might feel bad about what you said. But Lord, you are always there. And I'm so grateful that we can walk with you minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day, that uh, prayer doesn't have to be a hard thing, that it's just, you know, like I said, listening and talking and, and being led by the Holy Spirit is the greatest adventure in this world. And Lord, I pray particularly for mothers who will not hold their children until heaven. And God, uh, but that's a great hope that we will see them once again. And they, I, I like seeing them at the, uh, the great gate, you know, that we walk through and they'll be there to welcome us. And I thank you for that. And that hope of heaven that we all have. If, if we are uh, leaning on Jesus, believing him, trusting him and have uh, accepted the fact that he has died for our mistakes and his precious blood at the cross covers those mistakes. And Lord, I just thank you that you are a spirit. We have the Holy Spirit with us. And God, you, uh, I also, that comes to mind is that you gather our tears, that those tears that we have shed from whatever pain that we've experienced this side of heaven will be stored for us. And I can't imagine, maybe we get to hold that bottle and it gets to be uh, transferred to diamonds. I don't know. But, but tears are precious to you, Lord. Every single tear that we have shed will be stored for us in heaven. And God, this side of heaven, I pray that hearts will be healed, that you'll make these women courageous to face the pain. And maybe there's a secret pain of an abortion. I mean, a miscarriage just kind of feels like an abortion in a sense. There is a loss of life there. That, And uh, I believe abortion babies will be seen in heaven too. Uh, life begins at conception. So God, just strengthen these women. Raise them up so that they will be everything you've called them to be because you have given every single woman who hears my voice a dream and a vision for their life. So Lord, help them just to forget the past, heal the past, and walk in the present and the dream that you dreams that you have called. And I particularly pray for any woman who's experienced a, a miscarriage and that on this Mother's Day, they recognize that they are a mother and they will see their child or children in heaven. We just thank you, Lord, that we can trust that you're a good God. We don't understand everything, but I know you are a good God. And when these things, pain comes, we can welcome them as friends. So because we're not alone in this pain, God, you are with us. And I praise your name for that. And I pray that the angels in heaven comfort each woman who hears this prayer and that they will be comforted, Lord, and that bring joy, hope, and peace to every heart. Happy Mother's Day.
in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So now that you've met my friend Mary, I'm sure, like me, you wish she was your neighbor too. Now, Mary is not on all the social media and all the things, but she said that if you would like to chat with her, she would love to hear your story and pray for you. So if you would like to get a hold of Mary, you can email me at podcast at and I will just hit the forward and send it right over to Mary and uh, she'll probably get in touch with you and take a moment to pray for you as well. So hope you've enjoyed being here today and you just have a blessed Mother's Day. God bless. I hope that you've been encouraged or challenged in your faith today and that something we discussed prompts you to grow deeper in your walk with the Lord. If it has, make sure you tell a friend so they can grow along with you. And if you or a friend would like to be a guest and share about God's faithfulness in your life, please email me at podcast at Because when we tell of God's faithfulness, we never run out of stories. Whatever is true.